You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church. We are located in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There you can also learn more about our congregation where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Today's scripture is taken from Lamentations 3 verses 19 through 33 from the Common English Bible. The memory of my suffering and homelessness is bitterness and poison. I can't help but remember and am depressed. I call all this to mind, therefore I will wait. Certainly the faithful love of the Lord hasn't ended, Certainly God's compassion isn't through. They are renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I think the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, through the person who seeks him. It's good to wait in silence for the Lord's deliverance. It's good for a man to carry a yoke in his youth. He should sit alone and be silent when God lays it on him. He should put his mouth in the dirt. Perhaps there's hope. He should offer his cheek for a blow. He should be filled with shame. My Lord definitely won't reject forever. Although he has caused grief, He will show compassion in measure with his covenant loyalty. He definitely doesn't enjoy affliction making humans suffer. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you to Tricia for reading our scripture this week. Originally, when I set out the series, thought that we would be exploring more about the text that you heard in the meditation about Pearl Harbor from First Kings, about God being present to Moses in the silence. But as life has changed over the last couple of weeks, as important as silence is, I think there's a connection to lamentations that we cannot miss. You see, this is a little-known book of the Bible. It's right in the Old Testament. We have Jeremiah. We have Ezekiel, where we heard from Ezekiel a few weeks ago talking about bringing life to dry bones. And Lamentations, a collection of five poems. They were essentially like funeral poems because, you see, Jeremiah had just suffered extreme devastation. He was in exile, and many people had died. And the biblical response to pain is not one of denial but one of honesty. And Lamentations 3, in particular, brings about brutal honesty. We hear Jeremiah lamenting, I have forgotten what happiness is. And so I say, my endurance has perished. So my hope from the Lord. Jeremiah is honest about his circumstances and the way that he feels. That kind of honesty is hard to come by in our culture. And even in our church sometimes. I can't tell you how many people have asked me something like, 
are we allowed to pray God and tell God that we're angry, that we're sad and depressed? Is acknowledging that to God somehow expressing a lack of faith? And we see here the biblical witnesses, no. Expressing all of what we are feeling, including the deepest pain of our soul, is intertwined with our faith. It's not in contrast to it. The Bible shows us, not just in the book of Lamentations, but of course in the book of Psalms, where we have Psalms of lament. Those are also songs and poems that sometimes express a depth of pain that I would never have the words for on my own. But I turn to those places and I pray those psalms when I need to lament. So here we are with Jeremiah, hearing his pain in an honest way. But his honest cries of pain are not the end of the story. There's another kind of honesty that comes when we bring all of who we are before God. Honest pain turns to honest trust in scripture. So here we have the prophet Jeremiah weeping over the loss of his homeland. This is in a similar time as what we heard back on May 31st when we were hearing about the exile. For years and years and years, we have been talking here at Central about the Exodus, the story of Moses leading God's people out of Egypt to the promised land, because we found a place in that biblical narrative with our own story about leaving our current building and transforming it for affordable housing. But now the entire world has moved into a story of exile, leaving what we knew as our normal lives. We are in many ways in the same experience of grief that Jeremiah had. What he knew was gone. He expresses his pain clearly. He said, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Ever felt so much pain that you are bitter inside? Not just sad, not just angry, but so pained that you are bitter about it. Maybe it's been recently with the COVID crisis or with the eruption of civil unrest. Maybe it's been years ago in your life, some other personal trauma or maybe some other global trauma. There have been other times of hardship in the world. You're not alone. Jeremiah felt all of that. And he's not the only one in scripture. The Bible is filled with people crying and recognizing their pain of life. It's filled with people who expressed hopelessness and helplessness. And that is how Jeremiah felt. But that wasn't the only thing. In verse 21, Jeremiah says, yet I still dare to hope. Jeremiah says that even in the midst of his bitterness and his agony and his hopelessness, he actually still does have hope? Well, that doesn't make any sense, but he gives us a reason. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Oh, Lord, great is your faithfulness. Even in the midst of lament, 
of crying out in pain, he's able to find his hope in God. That's pretty incredible. It can feel kind of hollow sometimes when we force ourselves to move to hope. We can only get to the hope if we fully acknowledge the pain and the helplessness that we feel. You see, Lamentations sits these feelings side by side. As you read through the five different poems, you find one next to the other, hope and horror, hope and devastation. Lamentations shows us that we don't have to choose hope and nothing else. We can feel commingled together the hope that we have in God's ever-present faithfulness to us and our grief and devastation about our losses. Throughout this book, we hear phrases like, God has pierced my heart. God is good. God has driven me away. God's love is great. God has broken my teeth. God is compassionate. That sounds like an honest faith to me. Hope interlaces with all sorts of grief and loss in our lives, present day and in the past. And that is the beautiful gift of the biblical witness to us is that we can choose hope in the midst of all the other feelings that we have. We don't need to deny the pain in order to find the hope rooted in God's faithfulness to us. This short book is a real gift to us. The name of the book, Lamentations, comes from the very first word in Hebrew. It's set apart when you look at the a picture of the original text, you can see Eka. It's a call to lament. It's a call of despair. It's a call which rises in the throat in the midst of horror and grief. It's like, whoa, woe is me. It's a cry of alarm that has been put there at the very beginning. And then it's very interesting. In the original text, right after that cry, there's silence for the whole first line. Silence. This is what we miss sometimes when we pick up our Bibles and they're in our native languages and they have been already translated. I'm very grateful for the work of the translators who have done that. But every once in a while, it's a real gift to be able to go back and look. What did that original scroll or text look like? Lamentations begins with a cry of lament and then a line of silence. It's been said by uh, the ancient uh, church father um, that silence is God's first language. You think about the story of creation, there was silence until God spoke creation into being. Before that, God existed. And so silence is God's first language. This is what Moses encountered there on the mountain. When God wasn't in the earthquake, when God wasn't in the fire, when God was in the silence, Moses encountered God in the very first language of God. And so today I think about the gift of silence that's different from being quiet. 
when I was in my last year of seminary, it was the first time that I ever lived alone. I was very intentional about making sure that I moved out of my housing that had roommates and I lived by myself because I wanted to know what it felt like to live in a quiet place. As an extrovert, I always enjoyed having family or friends live with me. And that year I learned there is a difference between quiet as the absence of sound and silence. Silence has more weight to it. Silence has presence to it. Silence is where we can encounter God. In our earlier meditation, we heard it described as that moment when the conductor steps onto uh, the stage and picks up the baton. That silence, the anticipation that there will follow music. The last couple of weeks, we have been noticing the pain of people particularly those in the United States, the people of color. It's been brought, of course, because of the police brutality, but we know that there are so many layers to the challenges that people of color have in our nation. And one of the um, challenges as a person who is white is to not remain silent because if we don't speak out against what's wrong, then it could look as though you agree with what's happening. That's not the type of silence I'm talking about. That, when people are silent in that way, they are an absence of sound. Unless it could be that moment that God can fill and they can speak out for justice. They can speak out for what is right in this world. Speak out for God's righteousness. So for those of us who have struggled with what to say and how to say it and when to say it, May we find this opportunity to be filled by God's grace, to speak words of hope, to speak words of justice to those who are in the midst of their lamentations. We see the national lament happening right now. And some of us are called to be quiet and listen and learn. And some are called to lift their voices and speak that lament of the pain of what has happened in our nation. So wherever you may be on your journey with becoming an anti-racist, I hope that you will listen closely to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Is this a season of silence, listening and learning, waiting for an opportunity to learn how to speak and lift up? Or is this a time when we need to be speaking out against what is broken in this world and use our voice to proclaim goodness and grace and what we can do to change? When we hear lament in our nation, we can see the pain of many generations. And we know that pain can be mixed with hope. And so this week, I pray that each and every one of us will listen, will be intent to what the Spirit is saying to us, and that we will be able to lift our voice to proclaim God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's righteousness and justice in this world. Silence is not always about not speaking. It's about listening and being with God as God speaks in the very first language of silence. And then this will fill us with courage and fill us with justice so that we can go and work in this world.